You're here to learn. You want answers. We want answers. So let's just cut through the bullshit and get to the root cause. Why do I not feel the way I want to feel? Why do I not have the things I want in my life? Why can I not just be healthy and happy? Why is it so hard to achieve these things? Dr. Carmen Jones, licensed naturopathic doctor, and myself, Kimberly Jarman, life and business coach, get to the root cause. We're tired of bullshit answers. We're tired of symptom management. We want to know why. Why don't we feel as good as we want to feel? What can we do about it with simple, real solutions instead of just doing symptom management? We wanted to know why we don't have the things we want. Why aren't we achieving the goals? Why aren't we living our dreams? Why do we keep holding ourselves back? So we get to the root cause of what holds us back in mindset. So we talk about mind, body, soul things on this podcast. We provide real answers, solutions that you can create in your life to go get the things you want. So join us each week as we bring you a new episode addressing topics that are going on in the world today and things that are impacting your life on a daily basis. We're so glad you can join us and we're excited to take this journey and to continue to take this journey with you. So this is episode 141 and we are talking about alternative therapies this week, just like basically different options that are within the holistic wellness world that are out there that a lot of us don't know about that could be options to help support your healing journey. So I just wanted Dr. Carmen to just kind of just touch on all the different, not all the different ones, but touch on some of them, like when would we need it? Like, and just a little bit of base knowledge. So if you're out there searching for that, you at least have some foundation. Sure. So the, the, um, I don't know, world of alternative therapies. Um, I think a lot of this kind of shows, um, how we're always trying to use science, right. To learn different aspects on how to heal our body. Right. Um, I often talk about food and supplements, because I'm talking about, you know, how can we build the foundation, but are there things that we can do kind of in the interim to really like jumpstart or kickstart things or, you know, um, uh, offer support in different ways to our body? And the answer is yes, there's a whole line of them, a whole list of them. <laughs> um, and so uh, they, let's see how I start. Um we're going to start from the least invasive to the most invasive. Okay. Um, because they, they really kind of run the gamut. Okay. I'm going to start off with hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Um, so because not all of these therapies have a lot in common, some of them do, but they don't all have a ton in common, but so hyperbaric oxygen therapy is the use of a, a, a chamber um, and you're changing the pressure of uh, the atmosphere that you're sitting in. So out in the world, we're at one atmosphere. In a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, um, it can go anywhere from 1.3 in like a mild hyperbaric oxygen uh, therapy to 1.5, even 2 atmospheric um pressure within the chamber now the higher the atmospheric chamber um it needs to be done in a um medical facility so sometimes even one and a half or two it's a hard-sided chamber and that needs to be done by a professional that yeah um is very well versed in hyperbaric medicine 
Okay. Uh, but essentially what's happening is you're increasing the pressure. Oftentimes you're also increasing the oxygen concentration in that chamber. But when we increase the pressure, um, what that does is that increases the oxygen molecules, uh, the, the oxygen molecules in your blood. So uh, it increases the red blood cells binding capacity for oxygen molecules. So the way that I like to describe this to people is hypothetically, think each, uh, each red blood cell, right? If you think of it a lot like a bus, it has so many seats for so many passengers. It brings iron, right? It brings um uh, water, it brings other nutrients around, well, it also brings oxygen. So say that it has six seats for oxygen. The average person um, who goes around breathing our ambient air, that's 16 to 21% oxygen, may only have two, three, four seats filled with oxygen. Um, so that what hyperbaric does when it increases the pressure, it um, uh creates a higher affinity so that we're really filling up that red blood cell bus if you will with like you know maximum capacity six um uh molecules of oxygen in our hypothetical situation mm -hmm. so the more oxygen that's floating around in our blood right um uh the better our cells are going to function right so oxygen is needed for repairing uh for regeneration uh, decreasing inflammation killing we know oxygen kills viruses and bacteria um oxygen is also a um uh can squelch free radicals right so um it can be a little bit oxidizing but it can also be an antioxidant in the same capacity um and so m everybody needs oxygen right like our body needs oxygen so hyperbaric therapy can be really beneficial for everybody across the board um there are some contraindications so wherever you're looking for hyperbaric therapy make sure to talk with the practitioner um or there are some physical therapy offices or even spas that offer hyperbaric and um just make sure that they're it's not contraindicated for any situations that you have yeah um it's usually pretty benign you sit or you lay down in this chamber for about an hour um that pressure changes you want to wear cotton or loose you know natural fibers um because that uh just reduces like you know kind of that toxicity exposure if you will so um yes so that can be very beneficial for everybody now the trick with oxygen therapy is that um you have to be a little bit consistent about it all right so we can see changes um and technically this is with any therapy okay even supplementation to a certain extent is that the goal is um to provide the body with um in this case, oxygen, uh, to help to correct a situation. But if the chronic inflammation or if the exposure is uh, consistent or regular um, or more than what that oxygen load is, then it can be in this like, okay, we're, you know, you feel great after the therapy, you've moved like two, three steps forward, but that chronic inflammation, right, or exposure is like, you know, moving you back two or three steps. So it kind of feels like you're kind of breaking even. So um, often with uh, hyperbaric or any of these other therapies, it's, it's being consistent, right? And um, you'll probably have to do the therapy more than once. Gotcha. 
Okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, red laser is another one that's becoming really popular. This one's a little bit tricky because there's a lot of um, generic red lasers. And then there's like the original red laser therapy um, that has been researched and is used often. So red laser therapy actually, I believe, originated in the veterinary world. Um, and then now we've moved it over to humans. And so they were using red laser therapy on these like million dollar racehorses to stimulate healing, decrease inflammation, right? So if they had an injury, um, they were using this, you know, when we get any kind of injury, we're going to get some inflammation, right, to that area. But mostly they were working on horses with bum legs and they didn't want to put them down. And so they were, you know, looking to see what we could do um, to repair things so that either they could have another reproductive cycle or, you know, um, get them back on the track, essentially. So uh, that's where a lot of the money came in for like research and, and using that red laser therapy. So um, they were using red laser and kind of infrared together. And so um, there's some really good research around that in the veterinary world, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Horses are mammals, we are mammals, right? Like our tissue is very similar. Um, so then they started applying it to humans. Um, the trick is, is that now, and so they advertise it around um, uh, joint pain and inflammation around, you know, like injuries and things like that. But you can find red laser, like uh, mat, mats, yeah, that you can sleep on, you can lay on. Um, they have saunas that will have red lasers in them um, that promote that anti-inflammatory um, uh, piece. Now, if it's a red laser, like with infrared, uh, you want... You want them to specify how deep that red laser penetrates the skin, okay? Because there's red laser. I mean, like I can get a light bulb and put red, you know, um, paint on it. And then, okay, great. Now I have red light, right? Um, so there's different, when you want it, you want them to specify what is this frequency of that red light. So they should be able to tell you how many, like the nanometers of that red light and they should also be able to tell you what is the depth of the um, of the penetration of that red light. Um, and the way that technically it works is that it's it stimulates a um, a, a little bit of a, a detox pro detox process uh, within the lymph vessels, right? So when we're talking about inflammation. Uh, in the immune system, the lymph system is a big part of that, of our immune system, right? That's how our immune cells often get from point A to point B is it uses the lymph as the highway. And so if we're using red laser to stimulate the, the lymph system and kind of detox that way, uh, we can reduce inflammation a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, I have seen red laser be really beneficial in more like the, with the like targeted um red lasers that uh you use often like in a single like pointed at a single area um at a joint or like the liver or right like the pancreas or something like that um so but you like i said you can also do kind of the the, the mats yeah okay so let's see Yes. Yeah. I see. I've seen like spas will offer, you know, um, mats or like massage therapists will have 
like a yeah a laser mat that you can lay on it okay um the next is PEMF PEMF stands for pulsed electromagnetic frequencies um I see this offered in a lot of doctor's offices um chiropractic some physical therapists, um, spas. And so it's a, it's, it's not invasive. Um, it's a machine that releases that pulse electric frequency. Okay. You, there are different kinds, but usually it's, a uh, uh, I don't know what you call that. Um, it's a, it's a round piece that usually either they will if you're laying down, they either, yeah, they place it on top of your body. Um, they may put it on top of a particular body part. Um, and it pulses electromagnetic frequency. So it kind of like, kind of feels like it's vibrating. Like it's not uncomfortable, um, but it kind of just feels like it's vibrating. Yeah. And so um, sometimes practitioners will use it, like I said, on specific body parts or they will move it. Um, if they're doing a whole body um, treatment or they'll like put it over the liver or they'll put it over. Yeah. Like the chest and the thymus, depending on what they're trying to target. Um, the idea is that that electromagnetic frequency and they, you can, uh, the machine has a dial where you can choose what frequencies and usually they should be, uh, adapt if they're doing a frequency for autoimmune, if they're doing a frequency for cancer, if they're doing a frequency for, um, inflammation or arthritis or like, yeah, diabetes or fatty liver or any chronic condition, um, technically they can kind of set that frequency. Okay. Um, and the idea is that that frequency helps to stimulate the cells, um, to be more efficient. Right. So, and to kind of clean up the cells, if you will. So, um, one way they, uh, can do that is that it can stimulate this like autophagy that we've talked about. Um, but that, uh, electromagnetic frequencies. Um, there is actually a lot of really good science about magnetic frequencies in relation to certain medical conditions. Um, so that's a neat one to kind of try. Um, they do have models that you can purchase and have at home. Um, they, yeah, I would say try it in a practitioner's office first uh, before you go and purchase one on your own. Um, but, and that one again, uh, because you're doing those, um, pulsed, uh, frequencies, it, it's going to take multiple treatments. Okay. Um, now sometimes after one treatment, people will, you know, experience less pain, they'll feel better. Um, but oftentimes you have to do that multiple times as well. Okay. So that is P E M F. Okay. Um, those are all like, yeah, what we consider kind of non-invasive ones. Okay. Uh, so hot or not hot and cold, cold therapy, cryotherapy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. So cryotherapy is, um, I've seen it in uh, wellness centers. I've seen it. I don't know if I've seen it in spas, but I've seen it in wellness centers. Um, I've seen it in, uh, physical therapy offices, chiropractor offices, um, pain clinics. And it is a, it's a huge tank. It's a huge tank, um, that is filled with liquid nitrogen. And, uh, 
depending on where you go, they'll tell you like what to wear, what to dress. They'll, you know, tell you to bring um, specific like wool socks um, because you want natural fibers or like a bathing suit. And uh, you step in and they can change the temperature, but usually the temperature is like negative degrees. Um, and you step in and you're there that the, you want to know um, how they do the procedure. Cause usually they start people off with seconds um, and depending on the temperature, right? You only want to be in there for seconds. Um, they lower it down to zero degrees or 32 degrees. You could be in there for just maybe two minutes. Um, mm -hmm. Most cryotherapy is not longer than three minutes. Um, and so if it's negative degrees, you don't want to be there longer than three minutes, but yeah. usually they'll start off slow and kind of work you, work you, um, in. So it's a very short therapy. Okay. <laughs> Cause this cryotherapy you're in there. Usually when people leave cryotherapy, usually they feel fantastic. Okay. All the inflammation has been reduced. Yes. Cause yeah. you've reduced inflammation. It's kind of a, that way you kind of set out fires. It also promotes that autophagy as well, because you have stressed the cells in a very short amount of time. Right. So you've hit a lot of self-destruct buttons. So now um, people feel great. You will have a little bit of a detox reaction. Okay. Um, now, because those detail D because those, cells have hit their self-destruct button it's not going to create more inflammation like we don't get a rebound like i feel great and then you get a rebound because now all these cells are releasing stuff that's not what's supposed to happen um but uh you people will feel better now how long they feel better is different for everybody depending on how much inflammation right how much autophagy we needed to stimulate yeah. Um, but cryotherapy is fantastic. It's a whole, again, it's a whole body therapy, a lot like hyperbaric oxygen. Um, that's where it's different than laser and PEMF. Those are more, it's kind of harder to get the whole body, right? Like yeah. you're, you can move, uh, those tools over around the body, but it, it takes some time versus yeah. Um, you're in cryo, you're, you're doing it right in your, in a short amount of time. So, um, most folks, yeah, um, do, do well. Yeah. With cryo, but you want to make sure that you are, um, going someplace that, um, will like walk you through the protocols and you want somebody who's going to be there. Um, like usually they have a little window and usually they have a tech or a, uh, an attendant who's there with you the whole time. Okay. Just in case, um, something changes. Right. Yeah. Sometimes people can uh, pass out with cryotherapy. And so they you want to make sure, yeah, that there's somebody there or like that they have a, um, a a chair or usually it's like a stool or something that you can sit on. Yeah. It's rare that that happens. But sometimes when the body experiences that much stress and that quickly, um, mm -hmm. if our if people have POTS or if they have a, a blood pressure issue, um yeah, we, we can see that as a side effect. So they should talk to you that about that before you jump into the cryotherapy chamber. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so it's kind of, I tell folks cryotherapy is kind of like when we talk about the hot, so mine's much milder, right? When we talk about the hot and cold therapy with the cold showers, it's right, kind of right. like you're doing that cold therapy on steroids when you're doing cryo. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but it can be very effective. 
be, um, it also does better with multiple sessions. So that's why you'll see in places who have a cryotherapy, they'll try to sell you packages um, because the more often you go, yeah, the, the, the better you'll be in the long run. So, um, okay. I think that's most of the least invasive ones I have. So I, um, the ones that are a little bit more invasive are things where like they're poking you, right? Or like there's things that they're inserting into your body. Gotcha. Um, so we'll start with IV therapies. So IV therapy um, is kind of a broad term. So in this regard, we're talking about IV therapy in relation to or in um, respect to nutrients and minerals. Okay. So they do IV therapy. I mean, we do, if you've ever been in the hospital, right. Or in the emergency room and they hit you up to a saline bag, technically that's IV therapy, right. They're in, or they're putting something into your body. Um, so that's why it's invasive, but there are different types of IVs that you can get. Um, usually for chronic situations, um, especially chronic inflammatory situations, I have people consider vitamin C doing a vitamin C IV where they're adding vitamin C to the bag along with the saline solution can be very beneficial. Vitamin C naturally is anti-inflammatory, helps skin or connective tissue repair, um, as well as um, essential for everybody knows the immune system, but also um, our adrenals, right? Mm -hmm. So those things, it would make sense that they would be very helpful for uh, a, a chronic inflammatory system uh, situation the high vitamin c because it's antiviral can be very helpful for chronic uh, uh viral loads as well now um a lot of different nutrient therapy iv places will like give you a menu and let you kind of mix and match um if you want to do uh vitamin c is one i usually always have people do because it's pretty safe most people do well with vitamin c um now Make sure that you eat before you go, um, especially and get an IV therapy or at least a vitamin C because it can kind of drop your blood sugar um, so that you don't yeah, have run that risk of like yeah, passing out uh, while you're in the chair. But um, you want them to do so usually they'll also push that vitamin C um, depending on if it's like uh, a, a, a 250 mils or a 500 mil um, bag, uh, but usually over like. 20, 30 minutes for a 250 mil bag or over, you know, 500, like over 45 minutes to an hour. Um, so you want to see that, you know, they'll tell you, oh, you may be here for an hour, hour and a half um, uh, is what you'd like to see. So you can add other nutrients. So they have ones that have like uh, on the menus where you can add like B vitamins, where you can add uh, magnesium, where you can add um, other minerals. Right. Um, and so usually I have the easiest ones is the vitamin C. Right. And so there are a lot of practitioners that may be the only one that they offer is just vitamin C IVs. Um, but you can kind of mix and match depending on how you're feeling that day. Right. Um, and usually you can't go wrong if you're mixing with the like B vitamins. We all need those. Right. Um these are also the IVs that they can do for like weight loss or like uh, enzymes, the um, 
where they can add like a lipo shot to it um, for fat burning. Um, how, how effective those are, we don't really know, but yeah, you'll see them on the menu. But uh, usually, like I said, you usually can't go wrong with vitamin C ones. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, yes. So sometimes even like when we're sick and we're not feeling well, sometimes we're, sometimes it's just a dehydration issue is already a component of it. So sometimes just getting the IV therapy, just getting the rehydration um, can be very beneficial. People can feel really well um, when they're rehydrated. Right? Yeah. Um, so sometimes that can be very beneficial. Yeah. Um, as well. And then if you're already there and you're, you know, um, might as well add, add a little bit more nutrients, add a B complex and a, and a vitamin C. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, ozone therapy is, is another one that's a little bit more invasive as well. So there, so ozone, just like hyperbaric was increasing oxygen, but it was increasing it by like increasing the binding capacity. Um, and, but still relying on o ambient oxygen in the air. Ozone, um, is you are adding oxygen to the body, right? So ozone is not very stable by itself. So it's usually, um, you can create ozone, which I think is O3, um, where we think of oxygen, right, is O2. Mm -hmm. So they're adding oxygen molecules um, when they create ozone. And so you can, ozone by itself, right, if you um, like use ozone for, um, like a lot of hunters will use ozone to like mask their smell when they're deer hunting. You can use ozone. Um, they use it to kill mold on post um, water damage. Uh, we use ozone in our body because it increases that oxygen, um, but it's just not stable on its own. So we have to ozonate something specific. So we either ozonate um, water, we can ozonate uh, blood, or people can, you know, you can ozonate in the air, okay? So there's different ways of doing it. So if you ozonate water, um, if they if you go to a place or a spa or whatever and they're advertising, we've got ozonated water or ozone, yeah, water. Um, in water, it only lasts, I think it's 40 minutes um, before those O3 molecules will split and attach, right, to make more H2O, um, just because that O3 is not stable. Um, you can, uh, in some clinics, they will draw your blood. Um, they'll take your blood in a vial and they will ozonate your blood. Okay. And then they will inject it back into you. Um, so then the ozone particles are in the medium of your blood or serum, probably serum uh, or plasma, and then they inject it back into you. When they inject it back into you, um, again, those ozone molecules will uh, disassociate, if you will, um, and then they are released into your body. They will bind to your red blood cells, right? More ozone decrease or more oxygen decreases inflammation, promotes healing, right? Stimulates new cells to grow. Um, and then you can do ozone uh, sufflations, right? Most of the ozone sufflations I've seen have been rectal sufflations. So uh, they will pump ozonated air into a bag and seal it. Um, and then 
oftentimes the doctor's office it'll have an attachment that looks like an enema attachment or it'll look like like um, like a douche attachments, the same thing. Um, and then they will give people the opportunity to uh, insert that sufflation, whether it's a va vaginal uh, sufflation of ozone or rectal sufflation of ozone. Now, oftentimes when they're doing that, they're targeting something specific. You can still, when oxygen is oxygen, right? And you increase oxygen into the body, it's still going to do what it needs to do. It's still going to always decrease inflammation, right? Promote that healing and stimulate cell repair. Um, oftentimes, uh, what I see when they're doing it uh, vaginally is we're trying to address like... Um, fibroids or endometriosis, right? Or like things with um, uh, cervical changes, uh, but eventually it's going to get into the bloodstream. And then the same thing uh, with rectal sufflations. Now, because the rectum has a, a much um, dense capillary system, there's a lot of blood supply there. Um, so things absorb into that capillary system a lot easier. So that's usually why they um, aim for like a rectal sufflation because you'll get into the bloodstream faster and then they're not like, it's still invasive because you're inserting something in you, but it's less invasive than, right, like removing blood and, and putting blood back in. Gotcha. Um, so that can be, yeah, beneficial as well. And trying to like kickstart, yeah, um, the reduction of that inflammatory process, right? We're trying to, again, like raise that threshold so that our immune system isn't so reactive um, and just, right, kind of stimulating that regulation or like turning that off switch, if you will, so that those cells aren't aren't, aren't continuing to increase inflammation and, and um, send out those, uh, chemo those chemical signals that, yeah, bring more inflammatory cells. Cool. Yeah. And then... Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. One more. This one I'm not as adept about, to be honest, but there is a therapy that's called exosomes. And I don't know any practitioners in Oklahoma who offer this, but um, I know that they're, um, and the ones that I know are in Arizona and California. Um, but there could be practitioners in Oklahoma that offer this, maybe like um, regenerative medicine or anti-aging type medicine. So exosomes are a type of enzyme okay um and they go around and really like destroy inflammatory cells okay um they kind of go through and like um they're using them for a lot of chronic pretty much anything with chronic illness right um uh from blood pressure heart disease to diabetes to cancer um autoimmune conditions and um it's an it's a it's not an IV therapy. It's a injection. And um, oftentimes it's not, you can do it systemic, but oftentimes it's an injection into a specific area as well. If they know like what area they want to treat. Um, so you can use exosomes for uh, like joints, pain and things like that. But um, systemic it, it, it is just injected. And um, it's kind of like you're... <sighs> This is not the best description, but in my mind, it's kind of like you're sending in all these little, like very targeted little Pac-Man to go in and look for those inflammatory cells, right? Mm -hmm. This is a very new therapy, like new within the last two or three years. So that's why I say there's not as many practitioners who are doing it. 
If you find a practitioner who's offering exosome therapy, ask a lot of questions. Ask how long they've been doing it, where they were trained. Like you really want to feel like they've got that confidence. Yeah. Um, and ask them like what their cases look like. What have they seen? You know, what kind of changes have they seen in people with exosome therapy? Um, before you kind of, yeah, explore that, uh, really kind of do your homework on that particular practitioner and um, their level of, of uh, uh, proficiency with that therapy. Yeah. So, um, but yes, I've seen it to be very effective. It does have some really good um, case studies and a little bit of research about, behind it um, in really like decreasing inflammation, right? Um, and really kind of changing things around for people. Um, it's gotten getting a little bit more popular again in kind of the anti-aging world. And so that's why there's like more and more people are offering it and training on exosome therapy. So um, something to keep an eye out for and see if, yeah. So you can, I, I think you're probably gonna have to answer this question probably from a political stance. So if there's no one in my, in my business mind, if there's no one in the state of Oklahoma doing that, is the reason that you're not doing it because of the licensure stuff here in the state of Oklahoma or like, why haven't, like, why are, why haven't you done it? Like it's, if it's a market and it works and like, there's no one here with it, like. Yes. So, um, yeah, so my uh, scope of practice does limit me in the state of Oklahoma where I can't offer invasive therapies. Gotcha. So anything that's injection, anything that's inserting a needle. So like the, I, um, uh, so the IV therapy I can't offer, um, exosomes I can't offer. The ozone would be a little bit tricky. So this is how I could be able to offer it is if I um, had an ozone machine is that I could do the rectal sufflations, right? But I'm not doing them. So I would fill up a bag with ozone, put the adapter on it, give you the instructions, leave the room and give you the option. Is this something, if this is something that you would like to use, right? Like it's good for 30 minutes. Fantastic. Um, if not, just leave it on the table, right? That's so, but I can't draw blood ozonate plasma and re-inject it into the system yeah um it's so I do interesting because in the state of oklahoma people that what what is below an rn Not, i don't mean yeah i don't mean to be disrespectful in that but like lpns can do that and that is so right? lpns can do that but they are overseen by a, a doctor yeah uh, with a license that has the scope to do that. But like, um, could RNs do that? Yes. This is where it gets tricky. RNs technically can give injections and do IV therapy without, um, a, uh, overseer without, yeah, yeah somebody with another Super license. Super interesting state of Oklahoma. Yes. Like so. that, and that, uh, an RN doesn't even, it's not even a bachelor's degree, is it? Oh no, that, now they are. No, yeah, well, I think you have two options. There's an associates in uh, uh, nursing and then usually a bachelor's in nursing. And I don't know if the regulations and changed in Oklahoma, if now they, everybody has to, I think they still have both programs. Yeah. Associates. Yeah. And then here yeah. you are with four years of medical school and they're like, yeah, no. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to people that are LPNs or in, yeah. it's just, that's infuriating, right? Like, 
it should be if if we're saying that these people are competent enough to do it then obviously people that have gone into four years of med school whether it's naturopathic or conventional are competent to do that as well right that's where it gets it does get frustrating yeah um when they're kind of yeah kind of limiting that scope of practice and so um that's also part of the reason why the therapies that i offer in my office i try to choose therapies that i know that are going to be effective and that are whole body therapies right mm-hmm. so um it also helps with a person's time right where they're getting kind of the biggest bang for their buck um so yeah it's yeah. it's one of those things i've kind of just gotten used to but it is frustrating well for a patient it's frustrating yeah. right like what because that puts me in a situation where i either have to go find it illegally yeah or i have to cross borders to do it right you've got to go out of state yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so cool all right anything else uh i don't think so I hope, I think that was a pretty good overview as Perfect. to, um, yeah, some alternatives. All right. Thank you, Dr. Carmen. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. If this information was helpful, please share with a friend. We appreciate it when you take just a few minutes to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast at. It helps expose our podcast to more people getting this information into more hands. Currently, we're in open enrollment for our New Beginnings program. Dr. Carmen and I work with individuals to increase their self-confidence by doing mindset work and addressing the neurochemicals and hormones so they can create confidence at a faster rate, therefore achieving our dreams and goals faster. If this is something you're interested in, you'll find our link in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you guys, and we'll see you next episode.